the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content. Welcome to From the Medium, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we are concerned with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but also to awaken the consciences of those who are neutral or indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of all times, the pro-life movement. Listeners, as always, wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining. We are being joined by a brand new guest today. I'm, I'm very, very privileged to introduce to you Amy O'Donnell. She is the Director of Communications, Public Policy, and a team member of Texas Right to Life. Wonderful. Texas Alliance for Life, rather. So she's with the, she joined the Texas Alliance for Life team as a public policy team member in August of 2018. Since that time, she has legislatively advocated for Human Life Protection Act which was HB 1280, the Chemical Abortion Safety Protocols, the Senate Bill 22, which bans contracts between government entities and abortion providers and their affiliates, the Texas Born Alive Infant Protection Act, and on and on and on. She is the most amazing woman, and she's also been very, very instrumental in a lot of these bills that have come through. And we all, we're all in envy of Texas and, and how incredibly well they do with regards to protecting the unborn. So welcome, and so it's such an honor to have you on the program, Amy. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be with you. You've been very involved within the the movement for for a while. You've also got a background in public speaking. You you know this all of this stuff, and you've put it all together, and you've brought it to Texas Alliance for Life. The issue that we are talking about right now, which is a very very interesting one, because I think what we're looking at here is the fact that. Judges are trying to go around the Texas laws. Am I, am I, something, they, a law was passed. Texas is pretty well a, a, an abortion free state. And now the opposition, the pro aborts are picking away and trying to find ways to get into the legislature, to get into the laws, to make exceptions so that they can have more and more exceptions so that Texas will be, it'll be legal to do abortions in Texas. Am I right? Am, am I summarizing that correctly? You are. There are some out-of-state organizations, such as the Center for Reproductive Rights out of New York, which do seek to expand abortion in Texas beyond what our laws allow. And sadly, they are using heartbreaking situations of pregnant women who are facing disability diagnoses or a diagnosis of an unborn child with a potentially life-limiting or fatal anomaly, as well as women who have major health issues arise and should have been able to receive intervention to protect their life and their future health and did not. And so we know the real goal that they're working towards is not to help these women. The real goal is to expand abortion because they are about abortion on demand up to birth. That's what they represent. That's their heart. That's their motive. 
And our goal is to continue to protect our laws in the courts. We trust that they will be upheld as they continue to move forward. And, and our hearts go out to every single woman who is a plaintiff in the Cox case or the Jurassic case who has walked through some very uh, difficult situations in their pregnancy. Tell us a little bit about that. There was a Travis Court District Judge who has given a, a temporary restraining order um, at the end, at the beginning of December, to 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 try to allow um, a mother, Kate Cox, to kill to kill her unborn child by abortion. The child is already twenty weeks. It was diagnosed with a fatal diagnosis, and um, probably would not have lived very long. Um, could you get, bring us up to date with what's going on there? So in the Jurofsky case, is that the one that you were asking yeah, about? Well, or the, uh, Kate Cox, what, what happened? Kate Cox, yeah. got it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So in the Kate Cox uh, case, we saw a situation where uh, a mother and her husband wanted to add to their family and she was pregnant with her third child and she received a trisomy 18 diagnosis for that child. We've seen a lot of informative educational information come out that has been helpful for our organization to better understand trisomy 18 with um, even somebody on staff who's walked through it those of us around her and around this case as we've heard from some of the trisomy 18 organizations themselves on the misinformation being perpetuated our knowledge of this condition has expanded and we have learned that children diagnosed with trisomy 18 can survive. There are some places, uh, such as in Michigan, there's a, a place there that has a 90% success rate for children who uh, are born with trisomy 18, survive the childbirth, and receive the intervention there. And other organizations say that the success rates are rising. The media wanted us to believe, and the Center for Reproductive Rights wanted us to believe that in every case, trisomy 18 is a fatal condition, and it's not. And it's very disheartening to see Kate Cox go off of that misinformation and abort her unborn child. And we know that unborn children at the stage of pregnancy that she was at experienced pain. And there is nothing compassionate about causing the death of your child so as to somehow alleviate the burden of that death down the road, and especially in such a way that is uh, dismembering of your own child uh, for that to happen. And so it's heartbreaking to see how that all unfolded. But we did see it proceed in the courts. We see another example of a woman facing a uh, disability diagnosis for her unborn child and being representative, represented by an abortion think tank that desires abortion oh. on demand up to birth. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. There are a lot of other outcomes that we could have seen from this situation. And she, fortunately, I say for her, did not have a medical condition that had brought her to the point where our medical exceptions would have applied. That means there was not an imminent threat, and there doesn't even have to be an imminent threat. There is a misunderstanding that our laws only allow abortions if it's a medical emergency, if she's septic, if she's um, in the ICU and her heart and, and body are about to give out and her life is literally on the line. The reality is that the laws in Texas allow doctors to intervene and separate a uh, a mother from her unborn child to protect her life or a substantial risk of impairment of a major bodily function at whatever point that risk arises. And it does not say that that has to be imminent. So we're seeing a lot of misinformation there as well. 
But even without, uh, even with that reality, Kate Cox's situation had not progressed to that point. So we see again, Center for Reproductive Rights seek to circumvent our laws and open the door for an abortion where it didn't fall under our exceptions. So this is tra- tragic, and you know that the lies. Eventually, I I totally believe, uh, Amy, that eventually these lies will. That you know, I I used to tell my kids when they were growing up, if you tell one lie, you have to tell seven more to keep it going. So don't tell one lie because that's what happens. You just have to keep on lying. And you you know, right. we've just come through this terrible amendment situation here in Ohio. It was absolutely mind-boggling to see the lies that the opposition told you know that we that, that if if this passed if you would uh, no there would be no miscarriage care and on and on and on so it's the same sort of thing that you're dealing with in Texas it is it is abominable to think that this is what's happening and i just don't even know how these people can continue to have licenses or we be allowed to be you know to to fundraise to pr- spread lies like this it's unbelievable so texas is now at the point where um t- tell me about the jaroski case what's going on there the jaroski case is another center for reproductive rights backed case where they have plaintiffs who have signed on to the case who are going to face uh health conditions in their pregnancy, as well as uh, disability diagnoses for their unborn child. And the women in the case, um, in some cases, should have received intervention and did not, such as in Zorowski's case. Her condition had progressed to a point that under the law, a doctor could intervene without threat of prosecution or discipline. And it's very disheartening to see that there are women in our state not receiving good medical care where it's allowable under our laws because for whatever reason, doctors are either confused about our laws, which are clear. Our laws are very clear. The language in our life of the mother exception is the same language that's been in law since 2013. The only difference is life is protected from conception on. And so if there is any confusion there or clarification needed, that needs to come from the Texas Medical Board. And we have seen the Supreme Court even come out and say that in the brief that they put out on the Cox case that came before them. And so, you know, in this situation, it's, uh, and in the Zorowski case, we're waiting for them to rule. Uh, we expect that to come down sometime in March, but they kind of laid their cards out on the table. We can't, of course, predict what their outcome is going to be or what their brief is going to say, but, but we can, you know, surmise that it's likely going to be somewhere along the same lines. And so we were able to see that with the Cox case as we even wait for the Zorowski case. Wow, unbelievable! You've also got some very, very interesting. Um, you uh, you wrote a, there was an article um, with, with that you were mentioned, which is actually how we got you on the on the show. So it's it's wonderful to 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 have you here, but and to explain all of this to us. But there was an article in LifeSite News about all of this, about what's going on in Texas. Um, the, I, I can see that um, there's a there's a battle forming or has already formed where. This is exactly how the opposition works. They go, they start picking at at something that you. It's difficult. Sometimes people find it difficult to defend, and that is children with abnormalities, and you know, parents with with mothers with with some kind of serious um, problems during their pregnancies. And then they pick at that, and then slowly but surely, as you mentioned at the beginning of the program, you know, what their goal is is 
abortion on demand at any point. That's where they're going. But there were some excellent, some beautiful things. I'd love you to tell the story, Amy, about the, the, the um, somebody you have working for you. I think it's Deirdre uh, Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, what a beautiful story. I mean, what a, what a, just, it, it goes into your heart and gives you the understanding of, of, of a mother who is supported and helped as they go through these issues. Yeah, so we have somebody in our organization on staff, Deirdre Cooper. She's one of our public policy analysts who has had, uh, I believe, seven healthy pregnancies and children before she had a little boy, Bosco Cooper, who was diagnosed with trisomy 18. And when she received that diagnosis, she also received from doctors uh, advice to end her pregnancy. And she said, absolutely not. I need to find a doctor who will fight for both my health and the health of my unborn child. And so uh, she went to another physician and because of the condition for the specialist. And so she found one that would treat both of them. There are two patients in a pregnancy or more. There are twin or multiples, but it's a mom and the unborn child or children. <clears throat> but for Deirdre, there was never a question in her mind on whether or not she would choose life. She says um, and kind of these are, are her words, but, you know, she is impressed in her journey, but no disease or diagnosis, she says, ever justifies intentionally taking the life of one's child born or unborn and that losing a child is difficult. Yes. And they did walk through that. But choosing to kill that child intentionally doesn't make it any easier. And Deliberately taking a human life is a line that we don't believe should be crossed. And that's really what we're talking about when we're talking about abortion. It's taking a human life, and it's never a line that we believe should be crossed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of the there's a, a beautiful um, a st- sentence in the in the article in the LifeSite News, which I just I underlined it and underlined it six times, sort of thing. It's like, oh my goodness, this is so true. Um, doing what t- taking a child because of a fetal diagnosis is not compassion; it is discrimination. This yes. is so true. We are discriminating against the most vulnerable human being that could be there. It's heartbreaking. Remembering that in the room, oh, heartbreaking. I know, I know. Unbelievable. And, you know, I think one of the things that, 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 that is very obvious is that the, do the parents that, that have gone through this and, and their child has lived for a couple of hours, maybe a day or two, do, are they heartbroken? Of course they're heartbroken. But, you know, every, every story that is told in this article is about the, the parents having the opportunity to love their child, to hold their child, to name their child, to bury their child, as opposed to ripping them apart. I mean, there isn't, there's, it's a no brainer as far as I'm concerned, honestly. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are not promised anything when it comes to our children. No amount of time, no perfect bill of health. And we recognize when we decide to bring a child into the world or even to engage in the act uh, to bring a child into the world, that um, that in doing so, conception is possible. And once a child is conceived, we have no guarantees that any amount of time that we have with our children is precious. And one of the things that Deirdre says is that when she had Bosco in her womb, she had time with him where he was alive and she could feel him moving. She felt connected to him when he was present here. And she had an opportunity to tell people who asked about her pregnancy. 
about that pregnancy and his condition and his story. And she was able to give birth to him. And it was not her hope at all to see him pass away before she had a chance to um, see him alive on this side of that childbirth. He passed away during childbirth, but she still got to hold him. The family got to see him. The children got to see him. Mm -hmm. They got pictures and they had an opportunity to know what their child looks like, to truly grieve that child and to bury that child and to have a place uh, where she can go and the children and family can go and to visit Bosco. And and Bosco is precious. We have ultrasound pictures of him. He's a beautiful, beautiful baby boy. And they have pictures that are special to them that they have chosen not to share. But but that's their little boy. Mm -hmm. And and that's what we want everybody to have an opportunity to understand is that uh it is healing for families to get to see and meet their their children. Mm-hmm. It allows the grief process to unfold in a way that they can hold on to and they can look back on and feel good about and feel like they knew their child as much as possible for however long mm-hmm. they have. Absolutely unbelievable that you know it's so so beautiful to 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 see somebody taking that avenue, and then also heartbreaking to think of the mothers who are not doing that, who are being coerced. I, I mean, I I had somebody on my program just a short while ago about the coercion that's going on with regards to abortion of parents. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I think we need to understand that this is also in in most part I would say coercion. Uh, uh, you know, against a mother who is, um, who is, is looking at these kinds of situations and trying to come to see. Of course, it's, I cannot even imagine where I would be if this was, you know, had been, it was me that was doing this, that having to deal with this. But mm-hmm. instead of which you've got these, instead of which of, of the community coming around a mother with this diagnosis, what they're saying is, oh, that's horrible. Let's kill this child. I mean, it, it, that's basically what we're saying to this mother. Instead of and saying, are, oh, it's terrible. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Who receives a, a diagnosis, disability diagnosis, potentially fatal diagnosis. There are organizations of people, many of which were birthed out of people walking through similar situations that exist to help families. There is perinatal palliative care. There are programs that um, will provide caskets for babies who pass away. There are um, organizations such as Catholic cemeteries that offer free burial plots. There are people who help provide gowns. There are people who take pictures. There is an entire community that exists to come alongside these families and provide the support that they need. You have a wonderful um, attorney general from from all accounts in in Texas, Attorney General uh, Ken Paxton. Mm -hmm. uh, He he came out very strongly in support of the law, didn't he? Tell us a little bit about that, yeah. Well, we recognize that our attorney general does work to uphold our laws, and so um, and we've seen that, you know, in these cases as well with briefs to the various courts. And um, he's fought a lot to protect life in Texas in a variety of cases over the years. And we've seen that continue. And so we're grateful. He has a great pro-life record. 
And um, we're very grateful to have a pro-life attorney general who does fight for life. In our yes, state. absolutely. And and I have to say, I'm very, I'm very grateful. We do too here in, in Ohio. Um, uh, attorney General Dave Yost has done a, a great job in you know trying to protect the life that as, as he can, because I, as we all know, that you know there are certain things that they they have to fight against themselves. So, um, but it's wonderful to see good, you know, strong men men in these types of position who have morals and ethics. Um, they that they bring with. Them to the position. One of the things that um, you know, I'm as I as I look at all of this and I see what's going on in Texas. One of the things that really struck me was the fact that you've probably also got, and I very recently read, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> read an article about the fact that uh, Texas is being targeted by many of the of the multi billionaires, um, progressives, and they want to try to change the government there. You know, uh, make it into a red, a blue state instead of a red. St- Red state. So, right. yeah. So we've, we've got, we've got to pray for Texas guys because they really do hold the line. They give us an example of, of what our lives, our, our states should all look like. And so we really do need to pray for them. But, um, you know, I'm thinking about the fact that same as we have here, even within the, the, the legislators who support the bill, I would be, suspect, and it mentions it briefly in this article that I that I have been reading here, um, that some of the more moderate Republicans are beginning to say, "Well, maybe, maybe we should have." Um, so we don't sound so extreme. Maybe we should have some exceptions. Do you think that that's going to go anywhere? I do not think that that's going to go in anywhere. It's been considered. Uh, two legislative sessions ago and it didn't go anywhere. We heard a little bit of talk in this last session and it didn't go anywhere at all. There were uh, 13 bills proposed to weaken the exceptions in our pro-life laws and none of them were even set for a hearing in a committee. And so we're seeing that line held and we're very grateful for that. And of course, now that we're heading into the primary election and the elections next year, it's our goal to keep pro-life legislators in place who will continue to protect life and understand the importance of not adding weakening exceptions. Babies who are conceived in rape and babies who have disabilities are as worthy of protection as any other person. And it's wrong to discriminate against anybody based upon the circumstances of their conception or the the disability or other diagnosis that they receive in the womb. Every every child is worthy of protection. And so we have worked and will continue to work to uh, see those laws upheld and to endorse candidates who will uphold those same laws and, um, and keep our exceptions as they are. Now, we always have advocated for the life of the mother exception, and uh, that's something that any bill that we advocate for has to have. And, and we will never, you know, go against that. We absolutely believe that that should be in our law. But outside of that, we don't want to see any other exceptions added. I, I totally agree with you. And I think, you know, we will be praying for, for Texas because you got to hold that line. <laughs> A lot of us look to Texas to say, if, you know, how did Texas do it? Let's try to try to do the same thing. So it's just wonderful to have you there. Oh. It's, it's wonderful. Thank you so much for all you do. What do you see coming up in this year, 2024? We've got an election at the end of the year. What do you see happening? Well, I see us working to get candidates um, elected and 
you know, new candidates who are running elected that will continue to uphold life. We also have some great events coming up. We have our Texas Rally for Life this weekend, actually, that our organization is behind and people come in from across the state. And so we have that. We have other events as an organization, but we also partner with pregnancy centers and other groups and organizations across the state to hear how they're protecting life and and how we can partner with them and support them in that. We're working to educate Texans on resources available for them because a lot of people don't know there are so many resources available to help women and families facing planned or unplanned pregnancies who have financial needs or other needs medically with insurance and and whatnot. And so we're working to educate Texans on what's out there and then we're working to keep pro-life legislators and elected officials in place who will uphold our laws. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Our prayers are with you. Keep it up. As I Thank say. you. <laughs> God bless you lots, Amy O'Donnell. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Don't go anywhere. I will be back with you right after this very short break with another world-class, inspiring guest. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.